Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. My name is LJ LaFure, and alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. We are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Uh, just got back from a very busy day of schoolwork. Sit down, record, eat some dinner, and watch the Monday night football game, probably. Um, doing good. Ready to talk about quite a bit of MLB topics within the next half hour. Um, excited, as always. Quite a bit of MLB topics. And let's start with, of course, the big, and rightfully so, big story of the playoffs. A lot of times we get a lot of playoff overreactions, but I think this is a perfectly warranted reaction. The Mets have been eliminated from the playoffs. Finishing off the, yeah, the second biggest, ooh, one of the biggest collapses in MLB history. Yeah, you know, they get one hit last night by Joe Musgrove. Um, He looked amazing. The Mets, what do you know, Chris Bassett doesn't show up. Seems like kind of a theme when the Mets needed Scherzer and Chris Bassett to show up this year. They just fell flat. Um, you know, it's, I've been saying it all along. I was a little skeptical of this Mets team. Soon as they got swept by the Cubs, I was even more skeptical. Um, they dropped that game in Oakland with DeGrom on the mound. They lose, I believe they got swept by the Pirates or they lost some games of the Pirates in there. And then of course, to your division rival, the Braves, you, you get swept where you really only need to win one of those games. And you are the division champs. And unfortunately, you find yourself not in that situation after blowing a 10 and a half game lead. You then walk into a San Diego series so confident that you're going to win and not only win that series, but then advance past the Dodgers. At least that was the general discourse from the fan base that they were an automatic lock to the CS at this point. Um, at least from some people that I saw. And 
you Darvish shuts you down, regardless of if he pitched well or not, the score is the score in that game. Max Scherzer is the, probably the sole reason you lost that game. Jacob DeGrom pitches really well. You guys get out of that game. And then all of a sudden, last night, you know, the Padres are throwing their number three guy who just happens to be an all-star in Joe Musgrove. You're throwing your number three guy in Chris Bassett. And we all saw what happened. I mean, just flat out embarrassing. One of the worst, like, game performances. One hit, and it was on a Pete Alonso single. You had two base runners the whole game. Um, for a team with the highest payroll in MLB history, made all those moves in the offseason. 101 wins. And all you have to show for it is a wild card banner and that your closer had a cool entrance. Um, And that's it. I mean, I have really not much more to say. I pretty much covered my thoughts last night. Um, I mean, LJ, this you're right. It's one of the biggest collapses in MLB history, led by one of the biggest choke artists in in MLB history and Buck Showalter. Don't know how much blame you want to put on him, but he is at the helm of this once again. And how many 90-plus win teams is he going to take to the playoffs and just absolutely have dramatic collapses? To be honest, I'm going to give you a lot of blame on Buck Showalter, and that's out of fairness, out of doing the right thing based on the things in which I've said. Because throughout the season, both of us have given him a lot of credit for being able to handle this team, to be able to take this team that, you know, was not close to a playoff team last year, get them there. And a lot of that was getting that culture where they never got too high. They never got too low. If we're going to give him the credit for the first four or five months of the season, we have to give him credit for the rest, whether that's blame or credit or blame. We have to give it to him for the rest. And that's kind of where I'm sitting now with Buck Showalter. I'm honestly less upset. Brandon continues to bring up the Cubs series and that game against the A's, especially seeing a one game seems a little tough to uh, do in the middle. I don't look at those because, or at least I don't care about those because they're so random, you know, not that they're random, but like you don't go, go out of that fully knowing you need a result. There's so many other options. It's hard to play with the same intensity that you would a playoff game in a random game against a bad team in the beginning of September, much less earlier, because there's plenty of places, I'm sure, just like that. We could have looked mm. back earlier in the season and found the same thing. Where I'm going to look is I'm going to look at this that Brave series where none of them came to play. The lineup didn't. Scherzer didn't. DeGrom didn't. They getting, them getting swept by Atlanta at the end of the year. And this Padres series, that's where the ultimately the collapse came into play. Because you played perfectly well enough. If you played well enough to win 101 games, you played well enough this year. However, the collapse started when you came into the games where all you had to do is take one more, you know, get one more win. You knew the games you had to win and you couldn't execute on those. That's where the choke comes. Because if this was a situation... If they split with the Braves and still ended up losing that division, would you be as mad? Because I wouldn't. Would you blame put as much blame on them? Because I wouldn't. You know, if 
they hadn't gone out there and they hadn't looked like the better team. That's not the first series they didn't look like the better team against the Braves. If you go out there and play, if, if you're giving me 500 ball against your top division rival and they still go and show you out and outproduce you down the end of the stretch, that's just them playing good baseball. But this is not. They went out there and also, you know, it's a two-way street. You have the Braves actively winning the division and the Mets going out there and losing it against them. That Darvish start, we talked about it a little bit before, but I'm not going to put it all on Scherzer. I cannot get behind your take. LJ, he gave up four home runs. He gave up four home runs. What yes, pitcher wins a game giving up four home runs? No what one pitcher should. Has... No one should. But you cannot say it is solely on them because you looked at that offense. That is you giving a free pass to the intensity level of that offense yesterday. That was it's exactly what they what you're doing. You're giving them a free pass on shitting the bed, for lack of a better word. That's what they Oh, did. I'm not. That's what they did in two out of those three games. That offense, well, really, it's the first one because the first one's the one that bugs me the most because you have your first playoff game and you can't handle that. You come out flat. You can't get pumped up for a playoff game. That's on you. Second game, they kind of they bounce back. They got themselves together, and they win that game. And then an elimination game, uh, it's 50-50 whether a team's going to be ready for that the first time they go into one, and it's been so long since the Mets were in the playoffs. It's a completely new core for that frontier. So it, it wasn't that surprising to me to see them underperform yesterday, especially with what Joe Musgrove can bring to the table. I just I look at that that series was lost entirely in that first game, but I'm not going to be able to put all of it on Scherzer because that completely it gives a free pass to the offensive players. It gives way too much of a free pass to that lineup who didn't show up to play, with the exception of Starling Marte, which shouldn't be able to happen, mind you. Yeah, um, I agree. No, I do agree that the offense didn't show up. Um, and clearly last night, I mean, they got shut down. You had people saying, or, and then you have Buck Showalter going out there. You're down, what was it, 4 nothing or 6 nothing? It was the sixth inning. He goes out there, asks for a check on Joe Musgrove's ear. They find nothing. Um, and the Mets play-by-play announcer put it perfectly. Buck Showalter has every right. Uh, and by the way, uh, it's, it's uh, Gary Cohen, for those who don't know. Buck Walter has every right to go out there and express his feelings regard or to ask for a check um, of Joe Musgrove. But you better be right that he's actually cheating. And you better not be losing four to nothing at that point where your own pitchers weren't looking good to begin with. Also, for the people on Twitter and wherever that are saying, oh, well, Joe Musgrove's spin rate was up. You should go check out the Mets spin rate last night because that was up too. So it, yeah, it goes think... both ways, and it's just ridiculous for people that actually think that Joe Musgrove only pitched good because he might have been cheating because his spin rate was up. It's like they don't know what adrenaline is. They don't know that your yeah. velocity increases. It's so It's so dumb. That's the same thing because I always say, like, you know, there are certain things that PEDs can change. That one's one of those things is a velocity. 
but because it's a mechanical thing, you know, you're either going to spin it, you're either going to get the ball good, well gripped and do that and spin it correctly, or you're not. That's not something I, a, you know, PEDs are necessarily going to be able to affect, but adrenaline 100% does. It does with everything. That's why we see such great pitching in the in the postseason. I'm going to go a step further and say, if I'm Buck Showalter, I don't need to be right. Honestly, I would not have blamed him. It's not a terrible, like, you know, semi-unethical, but not a terrible strategy to go into the game and say, hey, I want to try to throw this guy off. So unless we jump on him in the first inning, I'm going to go have him checked in the second. That's where I I I draw the line. Is it the optics of it? This isn't strategic. This isn't about being fair. Once you're in the sixth inning, and it's four zero, because you should have known by then if something was off. Somebody should have seen it at least three innings earlier, if that were the case. What it looks and like the ESPN is- broadcast saw it in like the first inning and kept bringing it up. What it looks like is a sore loser is exactly what it looks like. If he'd brought it up in the first or second inning, I wouldn't have had a problem with it even if he was wrong because, first off, he might have been genuine about it. But it's also not a terrible strategy. If you're worried about being able to take that game, I'd rather, you know, it's a flip of a coin practically, a roll of the dice. You go out there and have him checked, and it's all about how he responds from there, even if he doesn't get it correct. Because there was a chance that he there was a chance that he could have either he could have either stepped up like he did and shut them down and just throw absolutely honestly his best pitches were after he got checked of the night his best pitching was after he got checked he could have either done that to you for the next 5 innings or he could have fallen apart and found himself down i don't know what what I want to say this could have been a four or five nothing ball game as he's getting pulled in the third with one out in the third. That's the type of scenario. Those are the two scenarios I could see out of that situation. If I'm Buck Showalter, if I'm worried about this, this matchup, I say, why not? But you did it in your least effective situation. And that's why that option doesn't seem like a factor to me. That doesn't seem like a strategic spot to be. The other thing with that is, I'm not a huge fan of the fact that these types of challenges have no stakes to them. Why Interesting. Isn't this, why isn't this considered a challenge is what I'd like to know. Interesting. Because um, you make a good point. It just, it seems to me like a, a situation where, you know, you're putting a lot of stakes. There's a lot of stakes on these things and it's, you know, certainly you're going out there with the intent of hurting the other team's chance to win. Just like you would in any other challenge. I think it should count towards the challenges already in there. But I don't know. Again, that, that gets into slippery slope. You could do more too. I mean, I think generally challenges could have higher stakes, even the replay challenges. But that's a conversation point for another time. Where we have to go now is where do the Mets go from here? Because this this loss, this disappointment down the stretch is going to absolutely, you know, it, it's killing the fan base. And I'm sure it's not easy for the team. 
to see themselves fail so badly after the amount of pomp and circumstance that they got throughout the year and the way that they just, you know, how good they were, how good they thought they were to see it all come to an end like this. Now you've got people too, like John Heyman. I was reading an art article earlier. Well, first off, um, Billy Epler and Buck Showalter have both been deemed safe job-wise. Makes sense. Makes sense. Again, Buck Showalter, I know you're saying enough's enough or when will enough be enough. It's his first time back in the job. It's his first time back at the helm of this team. I wouldn't hate, I don't hate giving him a chance to learn from the mistakes made with this group because we've definitely seen, we've seen this core has a lot of potential throughout this year. So I don't hate that. But John Heyman writes, writes an opinion piece, and that's not to say that this is the same feelings shared by the team, but that Jacob deGrom is only an option for the Mets if, it, if he's at the right price at this point. It's making – this loss made them feel like they're a million years away from being World Series contenders, which I don't think could be farther from the truth. And if you want to be a million years away from being World Series contenders – Let's start that process by not re- re-signing Jacob DeGrom. Let's, let's go right there first, because I guarantee you, if they let Jacob DeGrom walk, it'll be the biggest mistake they could ever make, even if he gets overpaid, even if the contract value he signs doesn't become close to worth it. Because at this point, I'm not sure Max Scherzer, both from a health standpoint, an age standpoint, a mental, you know, mentally strength mental strength standpoint is he cut out to be the number one is he you know he's not him anymore so i i see this as a year from now next winter the mets are going to start this chase to go acquire a number one and it's going to be a yankees-esque escapade where you know you can see that this is the thing holding this team back but they can't find the solution for the longest time that's the type of scenario I see the Mets falling into. And it's a hellscape that'll ruin the future of this team, the current group that they've got, that core. Their potential will be soiled by the fact that you're just kind of tossing one of the best pitchers in the world aside because you don't want to be caught in a bad contract. You I don't know. Anyways. I don't know where they go from here because you're coming off the largest payroll in MLB history. And now DeGrom is going to opt out. Diaz is a free agent. Bassett's a free agent. Nimmo is a free agent. And based on what everyone says, you know, I mean, based on, based on what we saw, they don't have any offensive capable. Their offense is not capable of winning a playoff series. So, who do you target? Because it's like, okay, are we you sure get DeGrom, the offense but... isn't? Yes, LJ, you cannot because... be starting. You can't be starting Darren Ruff and Thomas Nito and uh, some of those other guys in 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 a in a game three. But where do you go? Because be solved. But yeah, I mean, with Francisco Alvarez. But like, where do you go? Because you know, Steve Cohen realizes. Like, yes, I, I get he has more money than every owner and he can just go spend it willy-nilly. But he's also not dumb. He didn't become a billionaire by just overspending on everything. And he has flat out said, like, I have a hard limit of 
how much I'm willing to spend. So let's say the Mets do get Aaron Judge, okay? Add 40 million AAV to an already insane payroll. Let's say they do get DeGrom back at at least 40 million AAV. So there's 80 mil between two players. And now you still have, you're adding that on top of what is already the largest payroll ever. You have to get, so let's say you let Diaz walk. Does Aaron Judge solve all their offensive problems? And it's like, uh, it's they're in a tough spot. And I think some big trade is going to have to be made. Don't know who, but someone's going to have to get traded or something because you cannot just keep throwing money at this team because we saw it this year and it, it just didn't work out. And, you know, not I don't want to say you can't buy championships because the teams with the larger payrolls always end up winning. But end of the day, just because you're spending the most doesn't make you an automatic lock for the World Series and then throwing more money at it. I don't know how much further it's going to get you. And maybe they just got unlucky this year because that's baseball and that's how playoff baseball works. But it's they're in a really tough spot and some really tough decisions are going to be made this offseason. It all comes down the way I look at it is it's about opportunity more than anything else. Right. And it's all going to be based on how this winter plays out, which again makes this winter the best winter we've ever seen. There is a world where I think they can and can willingly get significantly better. Some way, somehow. How does that happen? That happens by them being the only movers in the early part of the market. Or their players being the only movers in their early part of the market. As far as I'm concerned, DeGrom, Diaz, and Nemo are must number one top priority type players. Like before they go out and look for any anybody externally, they need to make sure that those three contracts get decided. They're that they're done. That that those are all done deals before they can go and look seriously look at an Aaron Judge, before they can go seriously look at a Trey Turner. I'm just splitting spitting names out here. But guys who can meaningfully impact the team. The big thing I took away from, you know, Steve Cohen's statements in the past isn't the fact that he has a hard limit because he's also doing this as a fan. So how hard is that limit? My, my point here is for him to spend further, it has to be significantly impactful players. Mm-hmm. How, how many of those are out there in an off season? That's the real question. That's the big part that you know you might struggle with uh figuring out the details of going so ultimately at back so to wrap, wrap up that point you know if they get their guys out of the way early they got a lot of room to play because most likely guys like judge guys like turner guys like bogarts even if i even in my wildest dreams my hopes where the teams will you know the hot stove will really get back to going, which I think the hot stove will get back going. It's just a matter of when guys sign that guys will sign earlier is my hope. My, my dream with it being this good, a free agent class. But if it's not, that gives the Mets such an opportunity here as for who they could target more. So who they could trade. I thought you've got a very interesting point here because, you know, as much as, you want to see all these guys, you know, 
stay around and just keep adding to it. You're right. Some sometimes you got to move up to go. You got to move up to go left, Brandon. I don't know why that was what I was going to say there, but you get my point here. Um, you have to go backward to go forward is what I was trying to get to. I'm not sure who's movable. Who really would you want to or care to move on this group? I mean, I don't. I don't see you moving on. If you can keep this outfield, obviously you add Aaron Judge if you can add Aaron Judge, but you keep this outfield together. The only place that I could see myself being willing to skimp on the spending, what do you necessarily think of Francisco Lindor's future in New York? Because I think after, after this season, a major, major improvement to his all-around game that contract is very much back in play for him. And just because they're getting value doesn't mean they couldn't get better if they looked somewhere else, especially, you know, looking through trade markets. Does what, does what he are, have a no trade clause or no? Oh, I haven't even thought about that. Um, let me look. It's an interesting point. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I, I just brought up a trade because – the only reason I bring up trades is because you just can't go add, 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 add. There has to be some kind of subtraction in there. Um, and, you know, you just signed a lot of guys last offseason. You spent so much money last offseason. And you still have those contracts that you have to work around. Um, you know, LJ, do you dare throw float a name like Brett Beatty out there? I mean, yes, but where where are you looking to upgrade? Is pitching, pitching? Okay, you want to go straight for the rotation? I'm assuming. I would assume so. I mean, that's what you had said that you think that they're going to be in the market for some top tier pitching. You throw together Brett Beatty. I can't think of some some of their other prospects off the top of my head, other than Francisco Alvarez. Throw together Brett Beatty and a bunch of other grab bag guys, and you can get yourself a number two or number three from somewhere. Also, um, Lindor has a 15-team no-trade clause. Ooh, okay, yeah, that's tough. It's not that tough, though, because you're lo- you're talking about a guy who is making 34, not even at that point. By 23, he would be making $32 million. And he, uh, of course, you know, he's gotten up back up to that five war player. I don't think it's that far out of play if there's a, te- a contending team in desperate need of somebody at short. I don't have a team in mind yet, but. Philadelphia, I, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. But then who do they even yeah, – like, who are they even willing to give up? I can't even think of teams. I mean – Well, my thought process there is you don't even have to have a quality player going in the other way. You just have to put together a good enough package that they can justify it because if I'm the Mets, I might look at these trades only as a way to, you know, kind of purge the payroll. So I take $32 million off the books, and I can immediately reinvest that $32 million into a more into Trey Turner, into whoever, into Aaron Judge, into Xander Bogart, any of the starting um, pitch, yeah, any of the starting pitchers that are going to be free agents. 
No, I agree. Far, um, as far as Eduardo Escobar, I don't hate him as much as I don't love him. He'd be a fine enough shortstop if they want to keep I think him he out. won player of the month in September. <laughs> like, he's not a bad player. No, he's a good player. It's just a matter of is he a good shortstop. Um, that would be the yeah, question. Which he, he's played uh, like a third of his games. Especially because Lindor is so good at short. You know what I mean? Yeah, 700 games at third, 330 at short. So he's got about. When's the last time he played short? Did he play much short this year? Uh, No, because they had um, Francis Lindor, yeah. Um, Did he play any short this year? I'm having trouble reading this. The last time he played short was in Arizona, he played two innings. Yeah, I don't know. Case here. 21 games for Minnesota in 2018. Yikes, yikes. Significant time. Uh, I don't know, LJ. Look, a, a trade or something's going to have to be made just because you're right. Steve Cohen is only going to spend money, a lot of money, that is, if he sees significant upgrades to this team. And the most important thing is getting back to Grom, Diaz, Nimmo, whether you want Chris Bassett back, which I, I mean, after last night, how how can you? Um, and I'll scream, I'll sit here and scream on the top of my lungs that this outfield is fine. Like obviously you add Judge, but ultimately, you know, as much as you say, I'm gonna go with they weren't lucky or they weren't ready for the moment because I'm looking at the fifth best offense in the league. Although, granted, I have no clue why the hell Darren Ruff was in the lineup. That's a better question. You know, that's really where they need it is, if anything, they need just lineup depth. Because this starting lineup, you're not going to get significant improvements over anyone. I adore this outfield, and I will say it till the day I die. Uh, Jeff McNeil's terrific. We can all agree. Well, probably one of the most underrated players in the league. You look around that infield. I think champ this year, remember, yep. literally won the batting title. Pete Alonso, I think at that point, again, that was one of my takeaways. If we do takeaways from the postseason at some point, probably during the World Series, I thought he was really good in the series, regardless of, you know, opportunities, especially, you know, being able to get that clutch home run, all of that. If people didn't look at him as a legitimate producer for a major league squad, if they just look at if for the people that look at him as Pete the home run guy, the home run derby guy, this home run derby of, merchant. Yeah, this kind of I feel like proves his worth just as well as his season does. The fact that he didn't just go out there and he didn't look like a complete buffoon, because a lot of guys, especially those guys who are supposed to be these big clutch moments, these big boom guys power hitters sometimes the moment gets to be way too much for them and they kind of get absolutely embarrassed in the postseason and he didn't so first base obviously not somewhere i'm willing to touch if anything you should be starting to look at extension stuff for pete alonso here you know you're coming up with two year. you can get two years arbitration out of the way now if you get, give him something long term i don't know where you go in this lineup other than maybe third base, as we just talked about the player of the month, Eduardo Escobar, being the guy playing third base right now. There's nowhere that needs significant upgrades there. So you would be, if you were to add 
to the rotation, you'd be doing it by subtraction. Or, no, not by subtraction, excuse me. You'd be doing it while also subtracting from a lineup that I think is, you know, perfect. However, you can't, you know, it's the old adage, Jose. You know, you can't run the same thing back and expect a different result. Well, well, can you? Right, so what would you do, though? Would you be willing? Okay, well, no, my, my thought process is that the, the Braves – is that the Braves are going to be even better because they're much younger and actually have young guys that are going to improve. And You're going to be chasing the Braves. That's that's the number one goal here is chasing the Braves. That's In my, in my mind, for the next five years, the, the Braves are the most set-up team in the league, and they're only going to get better and better each year. Especially when they get a third ace in there. Yeah, whoever it is. Whether, you know, everyone's been saying, Jacob DeGrom can very well sign with the Braves, which I've seen quite a few people saying. So, who knows, man? Who knows? The Mets are one of the most complex, interesting situations that we've seen in a while. And Steve Cohen just adds to all of that with his willingness to spend. Absolutely. Well, Brandon, I think that's about it for tonight. It is. We will cover some other stuff tomorrow. We got four games. Very excited. Let's go Yankees. Cal Quantrill on the road in Yankee Stadium. We'll see how that goes. Follow us, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. We'll see you. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 